This is Sarah the Rebel, and you're listening to the MonsterCast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MonsterCast. I'm your host, Jack Dahl Jr. I am, of course, joined by Ryan Dahl. And, uh, wow, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we are joined by two-time Rookie of the Year, Brian Pillman Jr. on the MonsterCast in this very special episode. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. And if you haven't heard it before, you heard it here first, two-time Rookie of the Year. And I'm definitely aiming for Rookie of the Year this year as well. So I'm going to try to go for three Pete. How does one How, does <laughs> how long one can do you that? be a rookie, man? Huh? Well, you're, I was told, a lot of the old vets told me that uh, four years or 500 matches. So I'm still underneath those uh, those criteriums. You know, some people don't understand how wrestling works, I guess. So yeah, I didn't they think I I'm not a rookie. Because, like, it's, it's not super obvious to a lot of people that, that follow you that you really you just started not a long time ago it seems like you've been around a really long time yeah yeah so it's but like we can, still well, like kind of, we can still milk the rookie gimmick right yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh now i my first match was december 31st 2017 so yeah that's crazy so in this, like this in, december will be three years yeah, yeah so in in basically well, in basically three years you've already not only have you already won the rookie of the year twice right and you're going for the third one, like you said. But you've already been in the ring with so many talented guys like Lance Archer, Michael Elgin, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Kevin Sullivan, David Starr, Jacob Fatu, Austin Aries, Jushin Thunder Liger. The list goes on and on. Do you feel like that has elevated you in your skill faster? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's definitely a distinct difference in people that are really good at, and, and very, very honest, true workers. And then there's um, a lot of young kids that haven't quite figured it out yet so for the longest time i was in that uh i was in that kind of that in that bubble with with the kids that you know weren't quite doing the right things and weren't quite getting the crowd reactions they needed obviously i had a very uh i had a good advantage being who i was and, and with my name so a lot of crowds would uh you know give me the benefit of the doubt on certain things but as i started to become a more complete performer uh it was because of of doing battle with those names that you just listed off. I just started to realize what needed to be done and what didn't need to be done. And, and obviously the old people will say less is more in this and that, but there is some truth to that, you know, and there's a lot of things you can do to enhance your matches. that has nothing to do with, you know, hurting yourself or doing crazy moves or being really stiff, you know, it's all about the emotion you put behind everything and, and, and how you tell your story. Um, so how are you feeling? I know the last time, um, a couple of days ago, you were feeling a little bit under the weather and was self-quarantining yourself. You feeling any better now? Yeah, I feel a lot better. Uh, just still staying at home and quarantining just for the fact of keeping everybody safe and just trying to play the game right now. You know, the game is, is fucked right now. Um, uh, excuse my language. No, you're sorry. good. Oh, no, you're good. Trust but, me. <laughs> I mean, the wrestling game is, is, is on hold right now. It's on hiatus. Um, I was seeing a girl, too, and she's trapped in New Jersey on, you know, all quarantined and I can't go see her and and you know how it is it's just the, the time right now the times right now are tough you know I went from flying on a plane every single weekend traveling the world not a care in the world you know making all the money in the world you know do you feel um, like do you feel like this is going to change the way that you travel in the future do you feel like maybe like the gloves the gloves or the going out of the way for the hand sanitizer or the masks or something uh, is going to I feel like stick. for the past month or so that was important and and I and I, I still do my aunt Linda always made sure I had hand sanitizer on me so I was always kind of safe just because I knew it was my career was on the line if I'm traveling you know I can't Um, but no, I think people will still keep that cautionary action up, but after a while, just like everything, people will forget and it'll go back to being more laissez-faire, but you know, it's not every, it's not every year that some virus comes out and completely changes the economy and the entire landscape of the airline industry and, and shuts down all of entertainment and, and sports. So it's like, this is a crazy time to be a lot just to, just to call yourself uh, an American citizen right now is, is historic, right? So what we're going through is we're going to get through it. We're going to be able to tell our children about this and how we handled it. And hopefully we handled it the right way. Um, I'm personally not the coward type. You know, I like to face my problems head on. But at the same time, this is something we just got to sit back and, and, and sort of protect ourselves from. And, and I think people that still continue to go out and, and go to like large gatherings and stuff, they need to take a look in the mirror and say, Hey, 
you know, it's just a couple months, you know, let's just, let's just stay inside for a month, maybe two and just, you know, see where things go, you know, cause people's lives are at stake. So, yeah. Yeah. Of course, um, and I'm no, I'm not, I mean, when it first came about, dude, I, I didn't believe in the shit, you know, I thought this was the biggest scare tactic hoax thing ever. But as time goes on, you start to realize that, okay, this is a real deal. You know, I think the so, first time, I think the first time that it like really clicked for me was when the NBA shut down their season, and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, and I was like, I went to work that night, and I was like, hey man, this is some serious shit, and then I like started thinking about, hey, do I even need, do I even need to start coming to work? Because this is uh, crazy. Like a lot of people don't understand, like these old white greedy owners in these major sub, these major sports, they have nothing to gain from shutting down their uh, systems. So if they're shutting them down, then it's some serious shit. Yeah. Going. Now they do have insurance, you yeah. know, on their yeah. on their stuff. But with that said, it's like, yeah, they're gonna make a lot more money by putting on their shows. They had to really get yeah, like they had to seriously be convinced by somebody. Yeah. Like somebody was like, Hey motherfuckers, this is a real deal and then you know. Because you're right, they, they all they care about is the fucking money, you know, they don't give a shit about the health of the people and I think I think certain countries are gonna handle it differently, you know what I mean? Like China's got, you know, no offense to Chinese people or anything, but they've got, you know, a couple billion people. So if something comes up that's thinning the herd a little bit, you know, I don't think that they were too upset about it. You know, they were like, okay, well, thin the herd a little bit, you know, but here in the United States and, and for this virus to have gone all over the world and affected Italy and stuff, um, we are not, we, you know, we don't need that, you know. We don't need to thin the herd. Our herds are our herds are nice and and distributed, you know. So um, the uh, we, where I sort of realized that it was it was going to be a serious thing is I actually work as a uh, as a project manager for a major tech company. And we were shutting down all, all our retail stores over in China, and I was like, oh, okay. And this was back in February, and I was like early February. So oh, wow. around that time, it was like, okay, like this is this is clearly going to be a global issue. Um, so that's, that's around the, the time I started. I was like, okay, let me, let me kind of treat it like I'm going to treat a hurricane prep. Like I'm going to get a little bit of extra stuff every now and then and then start kind of piling it. Cause I figure I'm, I'm not going to want to go out to the store in a while. So it, I, I kind of started mid February with all that stuff. So I was a little bit ahead, but I didn't, I didn't think it was going to get as bad as it's projected to get. If you're looking at like the Imperial college London report and stuff like that, it's, it's not looking great for the next month or two. Um, do you feel like uh, – okay, so you got the two major companies that we all know that are backed by the tons of money like WWE and AEW, and they're going to be fine um, as, far as, as far as being able to sustain this. Um, of course, uh, Vince McMahon has a ton of money, and Tony Khan and his dad have more money than that. And they both have places that they can run in empty arenas that we've seen already on TV this last week. But for the smaller guys like the Ring of Honors and the MLWs that you're obviously familiar with um, – uh, do you th do you think that they're going to have an issue if this goes a prolonged period of time, or do you think they'll be all right? Yeah, like their financiers aren't as aren't Just as deep pocketed. Indies, you mean? Yeah, like how do they stay afloat? Because um, they don't have the financial backing that the major companies do. So, does how does MLW uh, keep it, operations going? You know? Oh, MLW. Yeah. MLW, ROH, oh, MLW, pretty much all of them MLW, that don't have billionaire backers. MLW, you know? uh, MLW's got some. Some kind of shit going on, you know. They got some money somewhere. They're paying me, so <laughs> um, their their checks aren't late, so yeah. They got somebody paying their money. How many? How many? Because uh, we know that they're going to air next week is your match with Jordan Oliver. Um, how many more? Oh, that, I, I don't know if that'll air next week because we ain't fucking wrestled yet. So. <laughs> oh, okay, got you, got you, got you. So the last, so, so the last episode that just showed on Saturday was the last one that was actually taped or whatever. Um, I want to. What was the match? The main event was Davy Boy Smith, the Von Erickson, Killer Cross versus. Uh, no, that was in Texas. Okay. Yeah, that was not the last show. The last show we just had was in Tijuana, Mexico. Got you. So. And that one was. And Davy Boy tagged against Tejano Jr. Okay. And Escorpion, Ray Escorpion, but the Injustice are featured in that match. Okay. And I'm also featured in their match because I had to go get some payback for what they did in my match. <laughs> and, uh, spoilers. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Matt Hardy, who recently signed with AEW, was a guest on Jericho's podcast, uh, Talk is Jericho, 
and said a big reason why he made the jump from WWE to AEW is because at this stage in his career, he knows that he has to uh, – he knows he has. He knows what he has to offer still, and he knows his time is limited. So, how much do things like this affect your decisions as a younger wrestler who's just getting their feet wet compared to Matt Hardy or Jericho? Does having input matter to you at this stage, or are you just like, tell me whatever you want, and I'll do whatever you want? You know, I, uh, I don't know. I've always, since the beginning, I've just, I always gravitated to the indies so I could do what I wanted to yeah. do. You know. It wasn't so much that I didn't think I would succeed in the WWE or the Performance Center. It's just that I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to go right into, uh, you know, having to listen to mom and dad. You know, I didn't want to go right into school. You know, like I just got out of college and I had a job and I was working and I just wanted to experience the indies to see, you know, if I could work for myself and be an entrepreneur, be my own boss, you know. So all these things are very important in the development of a businessman and a wrestler, so to speak. So so while I'm maybe not super concerned with the bookers and, and what they're doing with me, um, I'm, I'm hashing out my travel. I'm hashing out my logistics and my money and how I'm paid and stuff. So. Well, you know, down the road, I think I'll have more of a creative direction of like booking and stuff and, and how and how I want to influence an entire company. Um, obviously, Matt and Jericho are, are leaps and bounds ahead. They're already thinking, you know what I mean? They could start their own company tomorrow, you know. So um, I think right now I'm just worried about, uh, you know, honing my craft, becoming the best wrestler I can be. To me, it doesn't matter which acronym. Um, and I've stated this before, I, don't, I, I would take a deal from any company, uh, whether it was Ring of Honor, AEW, WWE, Impact, if, if MLW wanted to re-sign me. But uh, because, like I said, I'm in that stage where I'm focusing on building my value, I'm going to go to the company that gives me the most value. So um, especially in a dire time like this where, where there's, you know, tragedy going on, people who aren't getting paid. I'm going to go to the company that says, here's a contract, you know, here's a real contract. This is this much money per year, you know. So um, when they want to start talking, you know, because when you talk about the potential that I have in this future, this business, uh, I feel like any smart company would, would pay the price for that, right? Yeah. I mean, well, when you showed up at the Casino Battle Royale for AEW, I definitely popped when you came out. So, I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, uh, would love to see you in AEW as a AEW Mark fanboy, whatever you want to call me. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see that. So that would be awesome. And, and, and in the same vein, when I started studying and getting into wrestling, those were the guys that I watched. So in the same vein, I am sort of a fan of that type of product. I think I would resonate with those types of matches better, you know, just because I've come from the Indies and stuff and they kind of built their, their steam on the Indies. I was, I, I was on several shows, uh, with Cody and, and the Young Bucks and, and Hangman before AEW came to be. So I was a part of a lot of the, of a lot of those building block indie shows that they used to uh, promote it before it happened. You know, yeah. I could just never make the jump there because of, you know, obviously I'm signed with MLW, but I'm very, you know, but I'm very happy with what we're doing in MLW. So yeah. it was always just kind of a mutual thing that I was going to finish doing what I'm doing, you know, what didn't need to be said, you know. There was an interview um, back in 2018, like late 2018, where it was kind of, uh, you had kind of hinted at maybe looking at New Japan as well. Is that yeah, something yeah. that's on your radar I, I, too? I didn't mean to exclude them from my little list. Oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, but that just speaks to the volume of places that there are to work nowadays. There's lots of places to get work. Um, entertainment in general is is an all-time high, you know, so especially with the social media aspect, you throw that in there and, and people are paying attention. So um, New Japan, again, shared a bunch of locker rooms with those guys. I'm no stranger to their roster. I know a lot of their guys. So um, talk to a lot of the people that are in charge of that stuff too. So I think that's always an option as well. Um, it would be, a, you know, it'd be a dream come true to go to Japan and experience that culture. Um, yeah, totally not out of the cards. Like I said, whoever's, uh, best friends with Benjamin Franklin is going to get Dylan Jr. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> the year, the year is 2021 and everything is back to normal. Let's just say the virus is contained. Everything's gone. Everything's back up. What would you like to have accomplished by this time next year besides winning the rookie of the year the third time in a row? 
Yeah, we already know that's going to happen. Yeah, so. for sure. Set that goal. That'd be an easy goal to set. Uh, realistically, I, I, I believe I will, uh, you know, follow in my father's footsteps and, and win the MLW middleweight title. You know, the cruiserweight belt we have. Yeah. I've been working on losing some weight and getting down to that to that weight class so I can deal with Myron Reed. And me and Myron Reed go way, way back. You know, third match ever was against Myron Reed. It was awful, as you can imagine. <laughs> Um, but it was a learning process and that was a guy I'll never forget. I'll never forget the experience, uh, cause when he, he had already been wrestling so long, you know, that, that big experience gap, he leveled me up so much in that one match that I'll never forget it. And I'll, I will definitely pay him. I'll pay him back when we have our match on MLW and I'll teach him a little thing or two because I've learned a few things since me and Myron have been around each other, but we've always been close friends. We've always stayed up with each other. Um, but when it comes to getting in the ring, dude, we're, we're better enemies. So, uh, you know, especially with what injustice and their whole crew, honestly, I've got a lot of respect for Myron, but I don't have a lot of respect for that Jordan Oliver. He's a, he's a terrible wrestler and he's a trashy kid. And so I'm just going to chop the fuck out of him. <laughs> get, uh, get Brazil while you're in there too. Yeah. No, yeah. Kodo's, <laughs> Kodo's, Kodo's honestly a stiff piece of shit. So. <laughs> He's going to get his ass beat. (laughs) (laughs) On on the heels of the announcements for the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2020, we get British Bulldog and Jushin Thunder Liger, two men your dad was quite familiar with being inducted this year. And how much much longer must we wait as fans for your father to get his rightful induction into the Hall of Fame? And when that time comes, if it comes, how cool will it be for you? Um, so yeah, I just, as far as the hall of fame goes, I think that, uh, it's just, it's awesomely historic that Davy boys is finally getting in. Um, and that's the most important thing to me right now is, is, is Harry having his moment. Uh, Davy boys been nothing but a straight up true blood brother to me since I started this in this business. He's always had my back. He's always been the nicest dude. Like, it just doesn't get better than Harry. He, he has such a high respect for training and, and pushing himself and, and making his his family legacy proud. Like he just he loves Japanese wrestling. He's he's just such a fan of of, of the work rate and the art of everything. Um, I love him like a brother. But I do think his dad getting in is one step closer to my dad getting in, right? Yeah. So they're acknowledging his father, and, and that, that's that's a good good moment for him. And then perhaps next year. Or the year after that, I don't know. I guess if they're having WrestleMania in Hollywood, they might want to invite, you know, might want to induct one of the Hollywood blondes. So it's just one of those things, you know. So um, I would, I would, I would hope and pray that that he does get in, you know, next year. That would be awesome. Um, but I do think that Davey Boy getting in is just one step closer to my dad getting in. They're just taking turns, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's almost better that they didn't go in with the Heart Foundation because now they get their own thing, right? Yeah. They're not just a side piece to it all. So, you know, and, and fuck, I mean, Davy Boy saved Brett's life at the freaking Hall of Fame. So it's like, who better deserves to get their dad in the Hall of Fame than this one, you know? That was kind of a natural, you know. They probably told him that night, hey, guess what? Sorry, <laughs> Sorry we forgot your dad with this round. Let's get him next time. Do you How, how cool do you think it is that your dad was not only in the Hart Foundation, but he was also a member of the Four Horsemen. Like, he's in two of the biggest factions of all time. Um, that's also really cool, too. Yeah. So it just kind of pays uh, – they kind of uh, pays dividends to his career and how long it was, right? So, yeah. you know, he had such a – his career spanned such a long time. It, like a long time in the main in the main light of it, right? Yeah, like right. in general, eleven years is not a long time at all. But he was at a long time. He was in the top crowd, you know, and in in the top scene. So when you're in the top groups and you're in the top companies, you're going to be a part of the top factions, and that's just how it goes. So yeah. Do you, he started? Go ahead, Ryan. Pretty much around the same age. He started pretty much around the same age that you started too, right? Like early twenties. Yeah, I honestly want to say I even started maybe a year or two sooner than him. Uh, I want to say he started at 26, perhaps. Um, I'm doing my math right. Let me pull out a calculator. (laughs) But uh, 
So yeah, if he started in '86 and passed in '97, yeah, it would have been. He was yeah. 35, so yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So 24 then, right? Because if it was 86 to 97, 11 year career, he died at 35. So yeah. yeah. Born in 62, then yeah, started at 24. Yeah. Would you look at that? Yep. <laughs> it is the same age. Hmm. Yep. It's weird like that sometimes. Do you feel like you've taken anything? I try not to look for those coincidences. That's why I wasn't sure. I try not to like make it all seem like it's this crazy like tarot card shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like (laughs) some destiny, but sometimes it feels that way. You know, sometimes it feels like I'm living in a fucking anime world. Like I'm (laughs) destined to do this, you know. But then there's days like this where the shit's canceled. There's nothing going on. Right. You know. I used to go to the fucking grocery store. People know who I am. You know, now I'm just stuck in the house. I'm a nobody. You know? This is a uh, this is a filler episode of the anime. It's yeah, like, uh, building it's like, the next. Yeah, it's arc. good. <laughs> Need some new characters. You know. Um, <laughs> some... Go ahead. Do you feel like you um have learned anything from your dad in ring style? Like, have you taken anything from him? You're when you leap off the top ropes and give clotheslines, you look exactly like your dad. Yeah, that's just how you do the move, honestly. I never tried. <laughs> it. it looks he, just actually, like I watched, The funny thing is, I watched some old clips, and I think he threw his with his left hand. Okay. Just because, I, I don't know, the way they figured, the way they bumped back then, you know, they, they thought of things differently than we do. Right. Um, where, like, he would have wanted somebody to fucking take it one way, where today's world, we want people to take it a different way, so... I fucking, I do it my way, but it does look a lot similar just because, you know, we have the same exact genetics and I just, I jump, I throw it with my right hand because that's my good one, you know, and he used to throw it with his left, I think. So, but ironically enough, he, he played hockey with a left-handed stick, but he wasn't left-handed. So he played it with right-handed dominance, but he used the left-handed stick in hockey. So do you have some cool trivia for you? Yeah. How cool. Uh, when did you decide to start bringing the mullet back? Yeah, so I had a mullet in my first no, – my, was it my first match? Yeah, like I had a mullet in my first fucking match. Like <laughs> I didn't play I didn't play no games when it came to that. Um, Lance Storm was like, yeah, it used to be used for function. You know, it wasn't just a style thing. It was a functionality thing. It keeps the hair out of your eyes. <laughs> That, it yes, sounds like. Yeah. Why does that sound so much like something Lance Storm would say? Oh, like that's. <laughs> no, but for real. Uh, when he told me that, I was like, "Fuck! I got an excuse now. Ain't nobody stopping me now." Yeah. And guess what? I've been wrestling oh, what almost three years. I never had hair in my eyes, you know. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know how Seth Rollins be flicking his hair out of his eyes every twenty seconds. Well, it's also really wet. <laughs> Imagine how annoying that would be to keep yeah. throwing your hair. Sure. Watch a Seth Rollins smash and count how many times he throws his hair back. But I thought, and maybe this is just me assuming without really knowing, but I always thought that part of the, the purpose of keeping the long hair and keeping it in your face was so that you don't really see the visual of them talking to each other as much. Because when your head's down, hair's in your face, you don't see the mouth move. Yeah, I mean, that's a super crutch, you know. If you need that, then you're a fucking shitter. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, I mean... I mean, clearly, he like, just does it because he likes to fucking throw his hair back out of his face. It's like one of his moves. <laughs> <laughs> then John John Cena should grow his hair out. He'd have six moves in. Oh, yeah, and everybody just wants to have that beard, long-haired look. And I'm like, y'all just missed the boat on this. I got the first big mullet in wrestling. Yeah, Brian since 19, 1985. Yeah, I mean, the, the last person I can think of that like really like went super all out with their mullet it was like early uh was it or mid 90s Shawn michaels had a huge mullet yeah. right exactly. so, and exactly. and he's considered one of the greatest of all time obviously um in the ring and uh so the funny thing is that me and ryan were talking the other day and we were watching i was watching actually your match with david Starr, and uh ryan had said something about um what'd you say something about his mustache like he makes me wonder if i could pull oh, off yeah. a mustache because he looks so right, good with David his mustache Star- yeah. <laughs> Cause I've got like a, I've got like a big full beard, but I've always wondered like if I just left the mustache, would, would it look okay? And I'm looking at Star, and it's like you know that doesn't look bad. But now, do, yeah, it's and like, I get uh, the same feeling with I pull the, off him. I get this, I get the <laughs> same feeling with Brian Pillman Jr. When I look at him, I'm like, hey man, I wonder if I could pull off because I have long hair. I was like, wonder if I could pull off a mullet. I used to have a mullet when I was in uh, grade school, spike hair yeah. on the front, on the top, and long hair in the back. 
So you're bringing well, you're bringing some styles bring back. back. You're de- definitely making yeah. people think about it. And Miley Cyrus has one. People in Hollywood are getting on, you know. So it's it's kind of a big deal, you know. So I will say. Do you think it was? Do you think it? Did, when you talked about like uh, almost kind of like full circle moments earlier that you're not really looking for, but some kind sometimes just pop up between you and your dad. How did you feel about being in the ring with Jushin Thunder Liger? Yeah, being in there, dude, Jushin was so good, man. It was really cool being in there with him. Like, he is fucking awesomely good. And, uh, like, it was cool because he, he didn't want to, like, I don't know, there wasn't a lot of pressure, you know. It was like, it was Jushin and a couple young lines. Yeah, right. And we were having a match in Defy, six-man tag. And they don't usually let them do too many crazy things, you know, like they have to keep their moveset limited and, and, and structured, you know. Everything's and, Boston Crabs, boy. Yeah, so it was like, <laughs> it wasn't a lot of pressure to go out there and kill myself and have this crazy classic with Liger. I was just able to have some fun, have a good match with him and, and have that moment with him. So I just want to thank, you know, the New Japan office for, for okaying that and giving me the opportunity because, you know, everything has to be approved and stuff. And, and we were able to go out there and, and, and wrestle him and got some really cool photos from it. And I gave him a framed photo and things. So, um, it was really nice. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He knew exactly, you know, who my, you know, who my dad was and everything. And, and, and hopefully I can, you know, hopefully, uh, it'd be nice to see him again. You know, just, I wanted to go to Wrestle Kingdom and watch his last match ever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I couldn't get a company to, like, sponsor it for me. You know what I mean? So it was really expensive to go. And I I could have probably hacked it, but um, just with things going on, and obviously looking at the economy now um, wouldn't have been a good choice. But um, I was hoping MLW would want to film a documentary or something and and help sponsor me going over there. But I guess it wasn't in the cards. You know, for the the shit that uh, Jack and I occasionally will talk about in WWE, that that is one of the things that they're – really good about is they're they're constantly documenting everything they turn everything into like this backstage special 24 like all that all that stuff that they produce is really slick so it does seem like something that they they would definitely like do and be like oh that guy's that guy's retiring and he worked with your dad like let's let's fly out there and let's do something cool yeah i I wish i would have pushed the issue um, a lot more um one thing i i want to work on now that i've sort of grasped the wrestling aspect of things um I want to start working on being a, a better video producer and actually taking my ideas and turning them into life and creating some, some good content, you know. So um, life's all about content, creating content. We're creating content right now, creating content for people to read, <laughs> to digest, and listen to, and to talk about. So that's what life's all about. That was one of the um, – let me just – yeah. So when uh, – when when Moxley had first left WWE and everybody was kind of like, uh, apparently one of the things that he was worried about was, um, you know, like, is everybody just going to see me as Dean Ambrose or whatever? And to your point about creative content, he, he came out with that teaser video before he did the um, the the feud with Juice over in New Japan and put it on Twitter. And it was him yeah. breaking out of the cage and all that. that I, I feel like that alone completely changed so many's perceptions that. Of, of what they would have seen him as if he had just debuted. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that stuff is, that stuff is killer. It can, it can change the entire perception of somebody's character. Yeah. Definitely added to his debut. That was, I remember that video package. It was hype as hell. You know, I don't think he did it all himself. It was very professionally made, you know, he had some really serious people on the case and that's what it's all about. But I think too, I think it's okay to wear a few hats in this business. It's okay to try out a different things. And I've just had so many ideas. It's, it's, it's a crime to hold them back. So expect to see some more video content from me in the future. That's cool. That's Especially cool. now that we got some downtime. Yeah. <laughs> and also if you do like being creative and if you find yourself like being like really good at it and you think you're producing really good stuff, just keep in mind that apparently every time somebody goes to AEW, they have a lot of creative freedom. Because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know if you watched. Yeah. I don't know if you watched the last episode of AEW with the no with the no audience, but that show was the best no audience show I've seen as far as a U.S. company, by far. And the fact that they still had two brand new debuts with no audience, they didn't even worry about the debut, the pop or whatever, and yeah. it still came off like it did. And with Matt, obviously everybody knows Matt Hardy is basically a creative genius with his character at this point. I mean, the stuff. Yeah. 
the stuff that they're allowed well, they were, to do. Well, you know what's what's what what I see in that is they were they were so used to doing being the elite, you know, BTE. Yeah, right. So they went from filming those in front of no crowd, right, just constantly um, creating those videos on that they just did on their phone and they put on YouTube. Yeah. So they were used to dealing with with low resources, you know, low body count, you know. So no, they they they've been a company all about surviving from the beginning. So I think they're going to survive through this. See, not not to the BTE point so much, but I I mentioned earlier today to Jack, I was like, you know, part of the reason that they might have felt more comfortable and it came off more natural is because they haven't been, uh, you know, they're they're not that far removed from working much smaller shows in you know bingo halls as as the trope goes um armories things like that or shows with very low attendance so for them to put on a show in front of you know 10 people that are all their co-workers isn't necessarily that you know foreign to them within the last five six years whereas some of the people in wwe they'd, they've been in that system for so long that it comes off very strange in that studio environment where they're still playing to the hard camera and like i don't know it's a it's a very it was a very different feel um the Stardom No Gate uh, show, the No People Gate, that one was also a pretty good No Audience show. But yeah, the 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 difference in quality between how they both presented this in the circumstances, it just felt like AEW's was a was a much better thing. And that does definitely call back to some of the work that they've done creatively uh, with um, some of their video production and things like that, for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people sleep on Sammy Guevara's vlogging too. His vlogs, yeah, his yeah. vlogs are great too. Uh, Sammy Guevara, the being the elite, the free the delete series with Matt Hardy, like all these guys, like you said, they're they're just used to doing that stuff, always filming, always creating, and uh, I yeah. think it, I think it helps them, and it helps the other guys too because they can either piggyback ideas off of them or ask for advice and stuff like that because they know that these guys are successful in those territories, whereas whereas like the bigger company that you know should go nameless WWE, they uh they kind of they kind of just hand you whatever, and that's what you're doing. I mean, there's there's yeah. there's certain people obviously in the company that you know can finagle out of stuff and do their own thing, but it's very few and far between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if we're yeah, looking at it, all saying, Sammy's been filming his own yeah. YouTube show forever, yeah, you know, right. so he's already in a good mindset for controlling his content, right? Um, if ahead, if we look at that on a long enough timeline, does that mean that all of this is really the legacy of Zack Ryder? Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you if he's he was really the, the one kind of yeah, for real. He really was. Yeah. First internet champion. First internet champion, <laughs> and don't forget they had the little I don't know if you remember it or not, but the mid card mafia series on YouTube with like Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, Trent, um, mm-hmm. those guys, Tyler Rex back in the day. Yep. Yeah, they all had their little mid card mafia thing that was blowing up on YouTube, and I mean, uh, there were certain guys that knew that that was gonna be the wave. I mean, if you think about it. WWE didn't even start hardcore into social media until the Zack Ryder stuff, when he started getting super over on yeah. line and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really, he really, yeah, he'll have a job for life, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so are we good, Ryan? We want to get into the rapid fire round. Yeah, sure. All right. Okay, so uh, we're gonna get into the rapid fire round. I'm just gonna ask you a bunch of questions, or really, just some of just statements, really. I don't know. And then you just answer. Um, this is more of your personal taste, obviously. Um, but since uh, we have you on, and because of your dad, we're going to call it the loose cannon round instead for this one. Oh, there <laughs> we go. All right, yeah. all right. So, uh, favorite band or artist? Ooh, I will say Fifty Cent. All right. Um, that is. Hold on now. What? I know this is a rapid fire round. What? <laughs> 50, <laughs> heard of Fifty Cent. <laughs> I, I had to think. I had to think. <laughs> well, like I just like a lot of things, so like, you'd have to narrow it down. To That's one just not not genre. what I'm right. If 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 I had to pick a hundred different things to guess with the mullet, I just hate I hate those questions because I like a lot of music and I like a lot of different bands. Oh, yeah, so okay, it's like I can't. I'm, really, I'm not like oh my god, I love Smashing Pumpkins. Like you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah, yeah I like I them. Love. I like. Like 50 Cent, I like M&M, you know? And this is why I love, I like, this is why I love asking the questions, because people don't like to answer these kinds of questions. They don't want to be on They don't want to be on tape as be like, hey, 10 years from now, 50 Cent was your favorite artist. So, like, I, yeah. like my, my past... I, I figure if people hear that, they'd rather hear that than fucking some of the shit they got out today. Like, good God. You know? like I, don't know, I guess I'm a little older. I just, it's a lot of these fucking... 
SoundCloud rappers are just too sad for me, you know. I need the upbeat gangster shit, you know. The funny thing is, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to cry and, and commit suicide. <laughs> I'm trying to kill you and rob you and shit. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the good the good bridge building answer there would have been Fozzy. Yeah, Fozzy. So. <laughs> Honestly, I, I actually, I'm not going to say they're one of my favorite bands of all time, but I really enjoy a few of their songs. Yeah, you know? I really enjoy, uh, I really enjoy Chris. So, how his, cool uh, his, how, his band is awesome. Yeah. How cool do you think it is for Chris? Like, you can tell he loves it when the fans are singing his song when it goes off. They're they're louder than the music, and I mean, oh. like, you can just tell. Like, this is so badass. I have not only have I been wrestling for 30 years, right, and I'm considered one of the best of all time. But I have my own band that has a hit song that's so good and so catchy that the fans are singing it louder than the music that's playing, and they keep singing it every time it goes off. Like, you can see him in the ring just, he's a heel, yet he's feeling himself and everybody's into it. It's just like a cool fucking moment. Like, everybody would kill for that. Yeah. He's, he's, living, his, he's living his best life. He's the coolest dude <laughs> I've ever met. He's the nicest dude I've ever met. He's got his family, you know, in order. He's got a wife. He's got daughters and stuff. He's He's... He's got it figured out, you know what I mean? And I'd like to think that a few of those guys from that era and that, that went through all that and stuff, and eventually some of them did get it all figured out, you know, and they got a good setup, and, and he's he's really is awesome. So he's he's extended his hand to help me um, uh, at least a number of times. So I, I, don't, I don't think he won't – you know, I don't think he's going to stop helping me out. You know, I, I think I'm going to be – friends with Chris. So I think I'm going to have a relationship with Chris for a very long time. So, and that just goes back to our roots and, and stuff. And he just, he has a lot of respect for people that are kind of, that come from his kind of family legacy in wrestling and the history of everything, you know, like he's very much, I don't want to say like a carny, but he's very traditional when it comes to pro wrestling. And he, you know, so he, he very much respects that I went and trained with Lance. You know, Lance is one of his best friends yeah. and stuff. And, you know, he knows that I know what I'm doing and, and we both, and he knows that I'm trained right. And, and, you know, so. Yeah. I would love to see a programming with you and Jericho yeah. at AEW. That would be so awesome. Cause you know, I don't know if you watched, I don't know how much you actually got out of your way to watch other stuff when you're busy all the time, but the program, the little mini program he had with Jungle Boy, I could easily see you slid into that role and kill it with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jungle Boy is is awesome too. I actually got to wrestle him before in Calgary at a secret show, basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving yeah. on with the rapid fire round. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, all right, favorite movie. My favorite movie. Hmm. God, I hate these questions because yeah. I just hate answering. I just because <laughs> I it's like you say rapid fire. Yeah. But then I'm like, what first comes to my head? Frozen yeah. two. <laughs> I did enjoy Frozen. <laughs> I feel like I have, do I have to answer super fast. Well, you know, I mean, think about I mean, it. No. We haven't so far. We've only done one. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rules here. The rules are there are no rules. No, I uh, yeah, I mean favorite movie, you know, Get Rich or Die Trying. Glad <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping a theme here. Oh shit! Okay. It's a good movie. It well, really is. I feel like I know what the next one's gonna be then. Uh, favorite TV show? <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done tripping on y'all. That, that was just make y'all laugh. I was kidding, but no, it was actually really was a good movie. Um, but I did, I did enjoy that. I did enjoy that Joker movie a lot. That was really good. That was a good. One. I can't say you know favorite, but there was some movie I watched 500 times as a kid before I go to bed, and whichever one that is, that's my favorite. Probably some Lord of the Rings movie I saw like 900 times. Watch the on VHS like 50 times in a row. Yeah. Like, a, like a TV version. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you can watch something when you're a kid 500 times and never get bored of it. You know? But yeah. nowadays, I just don't even fuck with movies. I don't even go to the theater or nothing. Yeah. And I hate the Marvel shit. It's just too much. <laughs> Can't keep up. It, well, it's Marvel. Marvel's whole universe kind of reminds me of like the current state of wrestling, too, because it's like there's too much content here. <laughs> for it i will pick out the big stuff and i'll watch that and then if anything sounds really cool in the little stuff i'll pick that up when i can that's pretty much yeah, it. it sucks like back in the day you just couldn't get enough of entertainment right like you just couldn't get enough shit 
But now it's like you have to pick and choose what you want to like do nothing with. You know what I mean? Like it used to just be nice to just watch the next big movie or buy the next big video game. But now there's too many games. There's too many movies coming out. There's too much. Do you think there's too much wrestling right now? Like, is there is there an oversaturation of content? Uh, I can't say that for myself because I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To me, the more wrestling, uh, the better. But no, you're right. I mean, there's a certain cap to where it gets too saturated and people stop making money, and I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Um, Luckily, I'm on the end. I'm on the end of people that do make money uh, in wrestling, which is why it sucks right now that all the shows are canceled because. You know, I basically committed to this life, you know, being a full time pro wrestler. Yeah. Didn't have any, you know, don't have any more backup jobs or anything. Well, I'm sure. Uh, I, so, obviously, not to interrupt your rapid fire here, Jack, yeah. but we're not really going too fast anyway. Um, so, <laughs> on that same line of questioning, uh, you, I'm sure you heard or saw Braun Strowman's comments recently, Adam Sherry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah how, um, how do you feel how, about how that? How does that strike you as somebody that is some, is somebody that's affected by the kind of stuff that he's talking about? But you've obviously put in more work in the indies, and you've you he never really ex- like I can't speak uh, for him directly, but I, I can say looking at his history, he never really had that indie experience. He he went straight from strongman into being hired into NXT, worked a couple shows on NXT, and was immediately brought up to the main roster in the Wyatt family. But now he's like, oh well, indie if if you can't be an indie wrestler, if you can't afford to be an indie wrestler, you shouldn't do it. And that to me just seems like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. How did that strike you? Yeah, um, I have to go back and reread his comments specifically, but as for me, I've actually met him before um at wwe um one time at a show at a house show and uh no like he's 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 a good he's a good guy i just think he was raised in a very certain way you know um and especially when you're his size and you come from a family like his like you maybe feel like that's the one way it is. And, you know, that's how it is. Like maybe that's how his dad raised it was just like, you know, you should have this mindset. So I think it's more of a, of a, of a positive mindset he's trying to have. He's trying to keep his, he's trying to say, yeah, you can work through it. You know, he's trying to say, you know, get off your ass and and get out there because I feel like that helped him succeed. And his father was probably really hard on him. So he's maybe just being hard on everybody else because, Sometimes being hard on people is the answer, right? And the way he did it wasn't very tasteful, and uh, I guess it wasn't the right decision there. But if if he's if he, you know, we only really repeat the things that we were taught. You know, nobody nobody just comes out of nowhere and it's just hateful or, or anything. They just they're they're he's expressing his uh, learned experience. His, yeah, yeah, well, exactly. My so problem like, my problem with the whole thing was the fact that okay, so. I actually like Braun Strowman, as I've said many times on this show. Um, I actually like his character in WWE and all that stuff. Um, don't mind his style. And usually I'm not really gravitated towards the big lumbering giants that only do a few moves. But he's a little different than that. Like, he's faster. He can move around for a big man and everything. But the, pro- yeah. the, problem, I have with, the problem I have with the comments that he made on Evil Uno's post about supporting the independent wrestlers is the fact that not that he said it, but what's going on right now and then him saying it like this is some shit that no one's ever had to go through including him yeah. including himself yeah, yeah but he, he's he, acting might, he like, might get a rude wake-up call yeah yeah but he's acting but that's like the thing did, so yeah. like 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 you said like a lot of people are saying things yeah because they're afraid and they don't know what to do and then a lot of people are over also overreacting to what people are saying because we're afraid and we don't know what to do so it's like everything like like you said if he would have said that a couple months ago nobody would have batted an eye you know oh okay but because he said it now everything's just super tense right now and i think once it's all gets better people will start to forgive and kind of forget about all the stupid shit we said during this time and all the overreactions we made you know i might have tweeted something like oh i never said i never saw anybody with this virus yet and then people like tore me up about it. It was like, oh, delete that, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, technically, I did not lie. I said, I've never seen no one. I said nobody I know has contracted this virus. I believe you it's, also said that the, the promised prince has the uh, an immune system forged by the gods, <laughs> and um, 
would never get sick and would continue to high five all the boys <laughs> yeah. and girls or something I like that. Know. Yeah, I, I cracked up at it, but I was like, yeah. yeah, that's not how virology works. But I feel <laughs> you. I didn't, I didn't care because I thought it was all bullshit. Yeah. I, I, I pursued what Zika, Ebola, all those other things. I thought this was another political jammy, you know, we're going to get people talking, you know, and it might be a little bit overhyped, but obviously they're shutting down the fucking world. So I take it a lot serious now. But at first I was like, nah, man, like there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm with. I was like, I'm going to keep living my life. I'm going to keep wrestling and I'm going to work on my immune system. And like, I I was already taking precautions. You know, I always, before this virus even came out, I always take vitamin C uh, capsules all the time. So just so I don't get a cold. And so it's like, I was ready, you know, but I was just pissed. I didn't want to believe it. So I figured, all right, well, if I just act like it's not going to happen here, then it won't. But you know, it happens. The crazy crazy, thing. Yeah. The crazy thing about it again. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying you can't hold it against people for like any of anybody's opinion right now is valid because this is a once in a lifetime thing. This has never happened. So if you think we're underreacting, you could be right. If you think we're overreacting, you could be right. You know, you never know the economic implications that this could have. The, imp- the, the implications that this could have on our economy might be worse, and worse than the, than thing the fucking the people yeah. dying. Yeah. Sure. So the cool I mean, that- shit the people die. You know, it's like. We need I, we need to find out, you know, like I, it's just like they don't tell you who and like what their conditions were, you know. They just because you've got that patient confidentiality. The cool thing about your thing though is that you immediately, once you realized that you, it was a lot more serious of a situation, that you said it. Now the the, the difference between you and Braun Strowman is the fact that he still hasn't apologized and he's still defending himself about some dumb shit that he said. And I think that goes a long way. Um, obviously, you're not going to be able to please everybody. So if he comes out and apologizes now, everybody's going to be like, oh, WWE told you to say that or some shit like that. But there yeah. are there are certain people that will, like me, for instance, who at, who are who liked him to begin with, would be like, okay, I can forgive you. Everybody messes up. Um, the fact that he hasn't came out and said anything and all he did was delete what he said instead of, you know, fixing it um, or coming out with a statement saying, hey, man, I – didn't I didn't read I didn't mean yeah. to say that 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 speaks volumes to me as well I don't know if he's going to do that over the next couple of days who knows but the longer he goes yeah. without saying it is going to make it worse on him yeah but sometimes bringing it back up and 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 reminding people of your bad deed is worse than just letting it die out you know I don't know what his philosophies are yeah obviously I don't have a super strong fucking belief backing my tweets you know my tweets were just for the moment you know but he might have a true like intrinsic family value or belief or virtue that makes it to where he doesn't want to apologize you know so and and he he deserves that everybody deserves that but i you know i'd have to go back and reread his comments but from what i've heard they were very insensitive and, and ignorant especially given the situation today so i think he would definitely apologize for that at least for being in you know during this time uh of apologizing for for making comments in that way but but some people you know everybody handles things different you know what i mean i've seen you know with you know with tessa blanchard's thing the way she handled that you know everybody handles everything different and i don't know the truth about anything regarding her or prom or my stupid the only thing i know are my stupid comments you know Um, i weren't even that bad i said i just speak my mind and i don't i don't have malicious intent behind it yes but I didn't want to be a pussy and, and cancel my shows. I wanted the shows to cancel on me. You know, I was going to go out a soldier. <laughs> All right. yours, yours definitely sounded way more in character. It wasn't like, yeah. I'm going to be a dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a dick. It yeah, was like, I'm the promised prince. I'm not scared of no virus. <laughs> like, okay. that, Sometimes right. I live my character in real life. So it sucks. Right. Um, okay. We only got a few more minutes, so I need to get through this rapid fire round. <laughs> All right, so oh, yeah. all right, so we got Fifty Cent and Get Rich Die or Die Trying, and then uh, favorite TV show I assume is Power. <laughs> no, I actually don't watch. <laughs> no, Game of Thrones for sure. Okay, see cool. that's one I can answer because I don't watch TV shows. So gotcha. Game of Thrones, The Office, you know it. Oh, I love The Office. I Whatever watch, the hot chicks, the hot chicks like to watch. Yeah, I literally watch The Office on repeat, and I'm not a hot chick, but it's awesome. Um, literally, the extent of my TV watching is what does this female want to watch right now? <laughs> Well, this one I, don't should, watch, I don't watch TV. Yeah, this one should be easy for you, though. Um, you're on the road a lot, right? 
you tried different yeah. stuff. What's your favorite food? Oh man, that's a that's the hardest one. Really? I love eating, but in the battle of In and Out versus Whataburger, I will say Whataburger yes. is the fucking best. Yes, food. thank you, thank Whataburger you. Whataburger is the best fast food I've ever had. It, it really is. It every fucking day. People don't realize it, man. See, it I I just so... moved, I just moved to Mississippi uh, last August from North Carolina, where North Carolina doesn't have Whataburgers. Mississippi does, oh, and it is God. the best. It is the best thing. I wish I could go get it right now, but I'm in Kentucky. We ain't got nothing like that shit. <laughs> um, no, every time I go to Texas, it's a good time. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, favorite wrestling move to use on an opponent? Honestly, uh, honestly, giving somebody a power bomb is hella fun. <laughs> giving them, giving them my finish, the dire promise, is yeah. the most favorite move to use because it means I'm winning the match, right? <laughs> Maybe. In a perfect world, but no, yes. I, no, but like probably, yeah, my, probably my favorite thing to do is a good old is my my springboard crossbody. You know, mm-hmm. you just jump up there and you land on. I like to do moves onto two people too. I don't like just one motherfucker there. <laughs> it just gets dangerous. Um, but yeah, time I'm jumping off shit, I'm happy. A dream match against someone that you haven't wrestled yet. You know, you've wrestled against a ton of people already in your career, but yeah. who's who's somebody that? I mean, it doesn't even have to be a. It doesn't even have to be a current guy. If you, I mean, what if you could go back in time? And no, I, you know what I think is so funny is I think uh, I think it's so funny that people uh, everybody says Will Ospreay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but like, if I'm completely honest, he's the last dude I want to wrestle <laughs> because I don't want to get blown up and shit. <laughs> I get the most out of every fucking chop, out and of every the easy answer thing. is Goldberg. That's what Big E went with. It made sense. Dude, Don't Goldberg. have to work that hard. Yeah, it'd be a good <laughs> match. No, but honestly, I'd love to wrestle uh, Jericho. I'd love to wrestle Kenny. I'd love to wrestle Ken Shamrock. Mm. Um, that's that's one you don't hear a lot. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I, Ken Shamrock was a good friend of my dad's. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's always been there for me. In wrestling gives me advice and stuff. Ken Shamrock's the man, dude. The funny thing is about I mean, you mentioned Will Osprey. CM Punk was asked the same question like a few days ago, and he mentioned if he was to come back to wrestle against somebody, he would say he'd said Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, John Cena, and Will Osprey was his fourth person. Well, I mean, you think if you think you're go- if, if you think you're gonna get blown up, think about CM Punk who hasn't wrestled in forever going in there against Will Osprey out of nowhere. I know <laughs> CM, Punk's a, CM Punk was a hell of a wrestler. Yeah, so sure. I, 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 he could probably go with Will, but yeah, he he need to get a little bit of ring cardio going. <laughs> but uh, but no, I no, and personally, I think like I think I think a match with Will would be fun, but I think I would rather. You know, I don't know. I don't want to go into a match thinking, oh, I wanted to wrestle this guy. I'm such a big fan of his, you know. <laughs> right. I'm going to go into it like, I'm going to fuck this guy up. So maybe Will Ospreay wants to have a match with me. If you ever mm-hmm. stepped into the – if you ever stepped in an AEW ring again and you're looking across the ring from Jericho, you're not having that moment, though, in your head? Like, this is badass? Like, oh, I'm... Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah. Or if I can have a match with Lance Storm again, my yeah. trainer. No, that'd be great. No, that's the thing. So, like, I am, like I said, I am a big fan of those guys from yeah. that era, and, and to an extent, I am still a big fan of Will Ospreay. Um, Will, Will's just a lot more approachable. Like, I've gotten to know Will a lot better, um, and obviously Chris too. But like, when I see the Young Bucks, like, I get nervous. Like, I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> they're in the same room. Yeah, I've always like Kenny Omega. I'm a huge Kenny Omega fan. Yeah. I can't even form two sentences around the guy. I've always but, felt you know. that the Young Bucks treat their fans better than most everybody else. It's insane. Um, I think that's Enzo why more I really treats his fans well. Yes, too. Enzo. Yeah, I've met Enzo actually. Yeah. I've met him. He's Enzo. awesome. Right, so he only wrestles me now. So yeah, I, well, I saw. So I actually guitar. Uh, <laughs> I actually went to a, a Louder Than Life festival in Kentucky in 2015, right? And NXT was there. It was like this huge two-day concert, and NXT was there. And the second day, um, I get in there early enough to meet Bailey, Enzo, Big Cass, and Carmella. And Enzo was—I mean, they were all nice as fuck, but Enzo. He literally took my shirt. I had bought a Big Cass and Enzo shirt, 
And I wasn't even going to ask them to sign it or anything. I had it on my shoulder. And he literally ripped it off my shoulder. And he was like, oh, this is a sweet purchase we got here. And signed it and, like, went out of his way to talk to me. I I was obviously too starstruck to talk to most of them. I got a hug from Bailey, which was badass. Um, and she took a picture uh, with me. But Enzo uh, – but, yeah, Enzo just felt like – he went yeah, I was impressed. I, yeah. I, I thought I didn't think Bailey was that hot until I met her. And yeah, I was, you know, she's no, pretty, she's, she's hot. pretty good. Yeah, no, she's definitely hot. In person, she's a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't get what people will say about her. They're fucking blind or something. Bailey's hot. I don't care what anybody says. Um, Booty for real. But I, I read a thing about the Young Bucks saying that um, the reason that they're so personable with their fans was because they saw Roddy Piper be that way with his fans at a, at the same signing event that they were at. And that's when yeah. they, that's when they really clicked in their head. Hey, hey, we should be like that with our fans to grow our thing. And I don't think they understood how much it would have helped them because they blew up shortly after that when they started doing the Roddy Piper thing. I mean, and then I mean, you getting into places where then the being the elite starts gaining tons of viewers and all this stuff. And then their merchandise is being sold in Hot Topic, which was unheard of uh, across from WWE. And then it got to the point where, you know, pro wrestling tees and all this stuff. And, I mean, they just blew up. And it was all because of their mindset changing when they saw Roddy Piper at a, uh autograph signing event thing, where how he treated his fans. Yeah, and that's the most important thing, really. Um, So, yeah, they, I would definitely – I probably wouldn't be able to say anything to them either. Um, I got a bunch of their shirts and shoes and all kinds of stuff, and I'm like, I don't I don't know what I would do. I, w- I went to fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville last year. Um. At Daly's place or whatever, and uh, I could not imagine what I would have said if I got to meet them backstage. Like I'm like, everybody's like, oh, don't worry, they're so nice. If you get to meet them, they're so cool. They're down to earth and everything, kind of like you are right now. Like compared to your dad, who's the loose cannon, you're like, uh, like the most down to earth person ever, um, <laughs> chilling. And uh, they say that's pretty much how he, how they they are, and Kenny and Cody and all of them are. And it's just it's a weird concept to grasp as a fan, especially a lifelong fan. Um, to the point where it's like, okay, I've had a few interviews. You're like my third on this new podcast that I just started last year. And so far, all three people that I've talked to are like super nice, down to earth, very polite and stuff like that. And it's just weird to me. And I don't – I still kind of get starstruck like for the fact that when I told my brother that I was like, okay, Brian Pillman Jr. just agreed to do this podcast. And I'm literally freaking out inside. I'm like, this is so badass. And then you get on here and I get all nervous. And then as soon as you start talking and it's – cool and you're down to earth and everything it just like sets the tone and i can calm down and everything's good to go and i think that i think that helps guys like you and kenny and cody and young bucks and stuff like that they're able to uh grow their fan base significantly because of stuff like that yeah yeah no i I totally agree with you um besides besides davy boy smith because i only got two left besides davy boy smith jr or Harry, or whatever we want to call him. Is this um, the rapid fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Dream partner in a tag team match? Ooh. Well, I need a mullet friend. Let's say let's say you're standing <laughs> across the ring from Lance Storm and Jericho. Who are you picking as your tag team partner? Picking a, I'm, I'm picking a mullet. <laughs> I'm picking a rat tail mullet Lance Storm. It's not – so Enzo. There you go. So, yeah, yeah, Enzo. <laughs> Enzo, would be, Enzo would be fun and, in like a modern day sense me and Enzo can have a really fun tag team um, and finally my last one favorite match so far in your career if somebody came up to you and said hey what match should I watch of Brian Pillman Jr's what are you telling them to watch my favorite match so far yeah um, I really enjoyed my match with uh, Fatu uh, recently yes. it, is all- it was in my top 5 for that week <laughs> Yeah, and then um, I actually really enjoyed this match in Mexico that me and Harry just had. So, but it hasn't come out yet. So I'm really excited to see it. And I would like to show people my work in Mexico because the match I had with Dragon Lee there was really fun too. Oh, that would be badass. So, both my matches in Mexico were tag matches. I hate tag wrestling. But when you go to Mexico, a lot of those rules get thrown out the window. So <laughs> you get to just have fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you, and, uh, ever, if you ever wrestle the, the Lucha Bros, you'll be fine. The crowds are insane there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's um, huge in, there. In my, in my match, if you can, if we can find out how to get the footage, my match against Enzo in Qatar yeah. was amazing. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I did see some uh, 
pictures of that match uh, after the match. He was they all raised each other's hands and stuff like that. I saw yeah. that, um, but I haven't Never seen did see the video. Yeah, from I, it. I, yeah, yeah, I haven't actually seen the footage yet from it. But if I ever if it ever comes up, I definitely will be checking it out. Um, so I guess that's where we'll leave it. Um, I would like to plug in your stuff. Obviously, people can follow you on Twitter, right? Yes, sir. Flying Brian Jr. on Twitter. And, uh, of course, you can go to MLW Shop and get some Brian Pillman Jr. shirts. Do you have shirts anywhere else? I do have some in my house. You can shoot me a <laughs> I'll be here for a while. Just come on over. I'm in Kentucky. Come on over. <laughs> All right. I'm changing your favorite band right now. <laughs> um, I actually went to a, uh, when I was a kid, I loved NSYNC. My sister loves NSYNC. It's an NSYNC concept. Um, do you have any other social media platforms that you would like to plug, Instagram or anything like that? Um, Flying Brian well, 41. Instagram, yeah, Instagram Flying Brian 41 if you want to plug it. But, Sweet. you know. Oh, I mean, it's already plugged technically now. It's on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> plug it. And, uh... <laughs> So you can follow him. On, you can follow him on Instagram, on Twitter. You can get his merch at his house or on MLW shop, and uh, you can catch him. Yeah, every, and then, go uh, ahead. just to go make that a reality, just shoot me a DM, and, and I'll take care of your order there. Yeah, and then of course you can um, catch him every Saturday, or most Saturdays, on MLW Fusion, which is uh, slowly becoming a staple of my week for the show, um, especially in these times. Uh, where we're quarantined and I have nothing else to go do. So i checking out as much wrestling as possible. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the Jacob Fatu match was really good. I had it in my top five that week, so it was awesome. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I've never heard that, so I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, yeah he, was, he was a beast, so. <laughs> yeah, he is crazy, right? I mean, the shit that yeah. he can do is insane. Like It's like Umaga times ten. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, so uh, thank you for joining us, Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, that was awesome. Hey, thank you guys for having me.